Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we're opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life the way it was meant to be and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. We're glad to have each of you with us this month. Being a month of thankfulness and thanksgiving, we're focusing upon one of our hymns, Oh, the Fount of Every Blessing. And at the end of this podcast, we'll begin playing that hymn for you to sing along and to listen to, written by Robert Robertson back in 1757. And as we think about the seasons of blessings, we're just kind of working our way through that wonderful hymn. In our first podcast, we talked about to my heart sings my grace. And we talked about how the Lord teaches us and guides us in different ways. Last time we were together, we talked about that little phrase, here I raise my Ebenezer. And we went back to the Old Testament and talked about that. Today we want to journey on still in the second verse of this song and talk about some more things as he brings up this idea of salvation, the seasons of blessings, the idea that that God is a fountain of blessings to each of us. Yeah, let me uh, do a little bit of reading from the hymn, and then we'll kind of zero in, like you said, Roger, on the the second part of verse 2. Verse 1, of course, begins, O thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me ever to adore thee. May I still thy goodness prove while the hope of endless glory fills my heart with joy and love. Here I raise my Ebenezer is how verse two begins. And that was our, our theme last uh, Friday. Hither by thy help I've come. Here's where we want to zero in for today. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. Roger, when you hear Robinson use this figure of Jesus seeking me when I was a stranger, wandering from the fold of God. I have a feeling more than one passage of Scripture comes to your mind. Absolutely. And, and you know, behind all this is God's love for us, and God doesn't give up on us. You know, when we walk away from him, when we've been in the wilderness, God doesn't say, well, fine, let him stay there. He seeks us. And and I think one of the classic passages that first comes to my mind is Luke 15, where Jesus gives us these parables about lost sheep, lost coin, and lost boys. Uh, we call it the prodigal son. And oftentimes when we look at Luke 15, we see these as three independent parables and I don't see it that way. I see it as one lesson, and maybe there's four points. And through all of those, we, we see, number one, that in each of these parables, something was lost. There was a sheep that was lost. There was a coin that was lost. And there was a boy that was lost. And what's interesting, when you look at that, the value keeps increasing. Uh, sheep is an animal. Okay, you, you, You've got 99 left. Okay. Uh, you lost one coin, uh, you've got only nine left. Uh, the value has increased. 
Uh, who can put a price on a life? You lost a son. And so, so we see that with all of them. We also notice, as we kind of do an overview of this passage here, is that they got lost for different reasons. Uh, sheep just kind of don't pay attention. They just wander <laughs> off. You know, the herd has shifted. The flock has shifted, and they stayed there grazing in the grass, and they look up, and no one's there. Or more likely, they just kind of wandered off. They kind of saw something a little bit farther down the road, and they kept going after it and going after it and going after it. And next thing you know, they're a long way away from that flock, and they're lost. And they have simply wandered away. When we think about the lost coin, uh, coins and keys and wallets and glasses, they don't get up and move on their own. They got lost because of someone else. Uh, we may call it negligence or forgetfulness. And how many times do we say, where did I put those keys? Where did I put my glasses? And somebody say, well, where did you have them last? Well, if I knew that, I, they wouldn't be lost, would they? And, and so the woman uh, had lost a coin. And then with the prodigal, that's just pure rebellion. I, I am not going to stay here. I'm not going to go by these rules. I'm going to go out on my own and do what I want to do. All three of them were lost. All three of them were of value. And in all three of them, we find God represented by looking for them. God is the shepherd who leaves the 99, go looking for that one lost one. God is the woman who turns on the light, sweeps the house, and finds that coin. And God is the father who sees the prodigal on the horizon and comes running toward him. It is God who seeks us when we're lost. Such a powerful, powerful picture. And I, I want to circle back in just a moment to Jesus being the one who is seeking. Our hymn brings out, he, he was seeking me to rescue me from danger. And it strikes me that as many of us grow up singing this song or just living our lives, maybe we don't have a great sense of the danger around us. Uh, a, a coin uh, lost under a couch in the corner of a room isn't necessarily in danger, right? But a sheep away from the sheepfold is in tremendous danger, right? Uh, Luke 15, you you brought out, uh, okay, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after that one that is lost. What sort of danger does that one lost sheep experience whether he or she knows it or not well first of all he's lost <laughs> and, and he doesn't know where to go you know the, the sheep don't have gps and and of all the animals in god's creation sheep don't have much of a defense mechanism i mean you know it, it doesn't do well by itself you might think of a lion out by itself or a wolf by itself it can survive but a sheep by itself, it, it has no protection, and it's vulnerable. And whenever we've seen these uh, movies or these shows from Africa, and you got that lion, and there's a herd of antelope, and he just doesn't jump in the middle of the herd. <laughs> there's always one that kind of off by himself, and that's the danger. First uh, Peter 5, verse 8, reminds us that the devil is a lion seeking someone to devour. And the one he's going to get is the one who's not close to the flock, one who's not paying attention, 
one who's sick or diseased or can't keep up, and they make an easy prey for the lion. And so so that's the danger. Uh, when we're away from the flock, we're not getting the teaching of God's word. When we're away from the flock, we don't get the encouragement. We don't see the, the positive reinforcement, the, the positive peer pressure of one another and doing good as God wants us to do. When we're away from the flock, most likely we're going to be with the people of the world. And they're going to be pulling us further and further away from that flock and introducing ideas that are not true to what God says. And and so spiritually, we're in a grave condition the more we stay away from the flock of God. All right. So I am in need of rescue because I am in danger. How did I get into danger uh, again, the verb from our hymn is not an accident, right? I wondered, not wondered as in, wow, would you look at that? But wondered with an A as in, I need to be one place but something caught my attention or I decided, like you mentioned with the prodigal son, I just don't want to be here anymore. When the Bible talks about wondering, I, I can't think of a single positive example of that. No. And, you know, I, I, I think about that prodigal son. I think the glitter of the far country. Uh, you know, it, there's this idea, this fascination in my mind. Man, wouldn't it be fun? And just all, you know, pretty soon all the thoughts are about the negative, about, man, you know, wouldn't it be great to, to drink all this? Wouldn't it be great to smoke all this? Wouldn't it be great to do all? And, and it just takes you further and further away from that. And so what happens is before that prodigal ever left that house, his heart was already in a far country. And he's already thinking and dreaming about, man, wouldn't that be great to be out there? No rules. No one to tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it. I can sleep in the noon. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this. And he's painting a picture that seems so wonderful and so great. And when reality hit him, it was not that picture in his mind. Yeah, yeah, it is. The, the picture of someone who has a, a race to run and wanders off the track, right? I, I have a trail to hike and I get off the trail. I have a purpose that has been defined for me by my creator and I decide to live aimlessly. There are lots of ways to think about it, but... Okay, I wandered away from God. I find myself in danger, maybe more serious danger than I can even possibly imagine on my own. But the great point of this hymn is not that, well, I got lost, but I figured out how to take care of it. And, you know, no harm, no foul. No, I, I wondered. I was lost. I was in danger. And Jesus came seeking me. That is the point of the latter part of verse 2, right? Jesus is the seeker who goes in search of the one who was lost. And we hear that all over his life and ministry, right? The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost 
lost. We've got Pharisees and Sadducees and priests and and high-ranking Jewish officials who will grumble when they see Jesus eating with tax collectors and notorious sinners. And and he says things like, "I I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus's life was a rescue mission. Absolutely. And again, a lot of the people he rescued didn't realize that they were lost. Uh, a lot of people thought that they were saved. You know, some of Jesus' lessons right here in the Gospel of Luke reveal this. In Luke chapter 18, he has two men going up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The tax collector recognized that he was, he was lost. He sought the mercy of God and said, be merciful to me, the sinner. The publican, or, or, or the Pharisee rather, he, he thought he was saved. And he was just bragging, and he did not realize that he, too, was lost. And so it's so easy to wander away, so easy just not to to pay attention, to take your foot off the spiritual accelerator and allow other things, just allow the things of the world, allow commitments of today, and I didn't get to read my Bible today because I was so busy. I didn't really talk to God in prayer today because just so many things to do. Tomorrow's the same thing. Tomorrow's the next day, same thing. And before long, we're just drifting. And we have no direction. We have no guidance. And before you know it, you're lost. Yeah. And that's what happens. The power of verse 2, by the end of it, it emphasizes, reminds us. We, we speak it to one another as we sing this hymn. This was a costly rescue mission, right? Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. Now, interposed maybe is a half step closer to our modern English vernacular than Ebenezer was last Wednesday. We don't use that word very often, but all that interpose means is to place between. It is uh, someone who intervenes, right? Someone who comes between things, who, who, who steps in maybe between two parties and mediates. Well, that sounds a lot like the way the New Testament talks about Jesus's work on our behalf. It, it, could even almost be like a bridge. Yeah. God's on one side, we're on the other side, there's a big gap in between. And I can't get to God because the gap's too big. Jesus is that bridge. And because of Jesus, I can cross over and get to my Father. And so passages like First Peter chapter 1 reminds us that we're not redeemed with perishable things, but with the precious blood of as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. That's what redeemed us. That's what got us back together with God. So Jesus sought me when a stranger, and he didn't just bring us back kicking and screaming. He didn't beat (laughs) us back, but he died on that cross so we would no longer be a stranger. And, And as we mentioned there, the hope is to arrive at home. And that home isn't a street address in Indiana. That home is heaven. And how we do that is by having Jesus lead us back to where the Father is. 
Yeah, for many generations, God's people have been singing this hymn. It is an encouragement to someone who needs to, for the very first time, give their lives over to Jesus, right? But it is also a powerful reminder for those of us who have been in the fold of God and wondered once again. But this this last phrase, it makes me think of 1 John 2, 1 and 2, where John says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. Advocates interpose, right? They stand between. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of all the world. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood so that you and I wonders as we have been. And and if we live long enough, we will continue here and there to wonder. But he gave his life, he shed his blood so that we could one day be brought safely home. What a powerful, powerful idea. And and how true to the title, oh, the fount of every blessing. And that's that's the greatest blessing is that God didn't say, well, I'm here, come find me if you can. Or God didn't play hide-and-seek with us. God sought us, and God was patient with us, and God forgave us, and God brought us back to where we need to be. That's just great, great blessings. As we mentioned at the top, we're going to play a congregational singing, a a recording of this hymn. We encourage you really to pay attention to these classic, powerful words. Sing along with them. In the meantime, Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We've got one more verse in our hymn that we'll wrap up with next Friday, Lord willing. But we hope our conversation has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.